Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 40 of Five Star Potential, a weekly football manager podcast brought to you by WeStream FM. 40, folks, 40, bloody hell. Closing in on that year mark very, very quickly. Anyway, on this week's pod, we'll be chatting all about all of the players that maybe need to have an upgrade or maybe even a downgrade, depending on how well they've performed this season, using your suggestions as uh, our framework for our discussion. But first, I must introduce you all to my co-hosts. Let's start off by introducing Mr. Kurt Dog. Hello, sir. Returning this week. Hello. Good to be back. Good to have you back. Uh, also back this week is Mr. Viking Dan. Hello, sir. Two on the trot. Yeah. Are you good? Uh, I'm not too bad, mate. Marvellous. Glad to be back. As always. Uh, Mr. Dupe, how are you? Fantastic. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Thank you, buddy. And rounding us off, as per bloody usual, is Mr. Dave Azapardi. Welcome. Welcome. 40, uh, 40 weeks of pleasure with you, with you all. Hmm. Hmm. Questionable. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave, you can start us off with some save updates, please, Squire. Well, uh, last week, I think the, the wall save was still up in the air. That is now rip. It is no longer, unfortunately. Uh, with the help of Matt as well, unfortunately, we couldn't revive the save. Uh, but now I've been I've been streaming over the last week. We've been continuing the Arsenal save. Season one, we're bang on halfway through now. I've just hit New Year. And we're top of the league with a game in hand. Uh, we're into the knockout stages of the Europa League. We're just doing really, really well overall, to be honest. I'm playing a um, five at the back. Well, three uh, centre-halves and two wing-backs. The two central midfielders, the attacking midfielder and the two strikers. And um, yeah, everyone's just doing really well. I'm really uh, happy with how that's going so far. Smashing stuff. Glad to see things are actually going well for you, Dave, on, with a hey. team that you're kind of expected to do well with. Easy now, easy. Pressure. <laughs> Pressure's not telling yet. <laughs> Mr. Dupe, how are things going? I mean, you've got about eight different saves going on at the moment, I believe. No, just Roma, really. Um, FGR is trying to pull me back, but um, it's 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 definitely Roma. FGR. No, definitely Roma. It's definitely, definitely Roma. Uh, we just got into the winter transfer, and unfortunately... Every man and his dog wants to leave. Every man and his dog wants to buy. Every man and his dog. And um, we have no money. And yeah, no transfer revenue. So I've got to try and keep hold as many as I can. We've got a few youngsters we can bring through. But I feel that we're going to lose some big boys, which is going to affect our league form. Because we're currently top. We, we, we're top of the league by three points. We've also played all of our Champions League games now. And we're in the, um, the knockouts rounds. And it's not. I don't think it's been drawn yet, but if it has, it's probably somebody it will smash. I feel like I know. Obviously, Rome is your your stream save, very enjoyable one it is too. Mm-hmm. But we do need to talk about FGR because I know you've been playing it offline. I so haven't come on. I haven't been playing. I've been smashing it, mate. Honest to God, I've never like I've been playing. I've never played FM as much as I've played in the last week. Um, we've yeah, we, we've dropped down to key highlights just to kind of. Plough through the safe. We spent two hundred and fifty-seven million in the summer, um, and then about sixty in the winter, and we won the Premier League. I love that. Understated as anything, won the Premier League for us. Well, I mean, to be um, fair, we spent that. We spent a lot of money. You know, we're talking Man City sort of money. Is that? I mean, obviously, it was the right decision at the time. But is there a part of you now, knowing what you know, that regrets not carrying on with it on stream? I mean, regret's a strong word, Katie. Um, and it's something that I feel every single day about that save. But 
Um, <laughs> but no, look, I think the right decision was made. It was a hell of a grind uh, last year, and I don't think it would have been. It was not enjoyable to play. That's that last season that I. So I've done two seasons off stream. So the last season I played was not enjoyable to play. Wouldn't have been enjoyable to watch. I would have lot, probably lost more motivation if I streamed it, and then probably never played it again. So I think it was the right decision. We are kind of doing some Twitter updates, and I might drop a cheeky bit in a celebratory stream maybe one day. The reason I ask, and Matt, do you mind if I jump in with my forest safe here? If you can jump in as much as like, all I was going to say was the amount of double entendres in that exchange. <laughs> the fact that I didn't jump in on any of them is uh, shows great self-restraint on my part. You're anyway, continue on. Growing up, growing up. Um, yeah, no, the reason I ask is because I feel like I'm coming to a point with my forest save where we're we're reaching a little bit of a crossroads. So um, two seasons ago, we finished fourth in the league. We got to the FA Cup final. Uh, last season, we regressed quite a lot. We ended up scraping seventh by way of a last-minute penalty on the final day of the season. And I just feel like another season of mediocrity especially on stream we'll just I don't know we'll just take it out of me a little bit I totally get where you both are coming from I had I had similar things with the Red Star save but in a in a different way obviously it was all about European success with the Red Star save and it turned into there was a couple of years where we'd either kind of get knocked out in the first knockout round or at the quarterfinal stage it's like well what have we got to play for now we've got to get to the group stage next time until anything's even worth playing for and if, if that's the case, there's only like three or four months to play. So I get the, the I get the grind through the season, but once you get to the end of it and you actually achieve something, then it does feel all the more worth it because you've you've worked your way through that hard part. Um I was so close to quitting that save two or three times um after we'd get knocked out in the in the group stages. I thought, I can't stream this. This is this is boring football because we're just smashing teams all the time, whether it be the the opposite or even just the same results all the time in, in your saves. Um, it'll be, like I say, it'll be a grind, but it, it almost makes the, the final achievement worth it at the end of it. Assuming you you get there, but I mean, I'm sure you will. That That's the problem though, isn't it? Getting there. I mean, I, I, I felt with my FGR save with the time was right. And I felt it was better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. Like it's, it was good to, to, to have that and get as far as I did. And I think it was the right time to let go. Um, and I felt that I would prefer to let go while still loving the save and, and everything that was kind of encompassed around it, yet if I would have pushed it that little bit more on stream, I really think I would have kind of walked away from going, that wasn't a great save, where to me at the moment, that's probably my greatest ever save. I think I think partly for me as well, like, you know, I I'm still very much... I'm still kind of enjoying the save. I just, I just wonder how entertaining it is. Do you know what I mean? Like last season there. was just a bit of a nothing season, and obviously, as we are streaming these things, you know, as we are kind of broadcasting these things to people, I just worry that the entertainment value will suffer. And <laughs> I know, like, obviously, uh, like Teach has been doing his United save. Pine has been doing his Liverpool save. They've both freshened things up quite a lot. They're having a lot of fun buying players, spending money, and I was, I was, you know, I'm sort of thinking, oh, okay, well, I could go back to doing Chelsea like I did last year. You know, that was that was really good fun. Okay, we only did about four seasons, but it was good fun. Um, so I'm just, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of creeping towards, uh, like I say, like a, a crossroads, 
and uh, depend. I think depending on how this season goes, will result in in which way I turn. I think that's the main issue for us guys as well as content creators because obviously the number one priority should be our enjoyment of the game as it is for anyone else that plays the game as normal. But then at the same time, we have to look at um, people who are watching our content, if they're going to be enjoying it and so on. Uh, I've not really had that sort of scenario this year, but last year I was doing a save with 1860 Munich. Uh, obviously in Germany and it sort of got to that point where the first few seasons were great because the first season I didn't get promoted second season I did and then it took me a couple of years to start actually challenging towards the top of the table and by then you're sort of six or seven years in and you'd not actually achieved a great lot so it was kind of came to a point where I was actually challenging for something and I thought if I don't win the league now or don't achieve anything now that's when I'll call it a day and that's what we did in the end but yeah I think sometimes especially viewers, I think a lot of people understand that, but as creators, if there are any creators listening to this, um, the number one priority should always be for you to enjoy it because there's no point in you creating the content if not. Well, and this and, and this is one of the things that got me thinking as well is I, I tend to have more, more and more people now coming into the stream and kind of they don't know what's what because obviously I'm six seasons in, you know, um, so they're coming into the stream as potentially new viewers um, and walking away because they've got no idea what what's going on, what season I'm in, what transfer business I've done. And obviously I, I shouldn't necessarily cater just for those people because obviously I've got my sort of core viewership that come in and watch my streams um, pretty much whenever I go live. You know, I've got a great, great audience, great community, um, but I kind of want to cater to both. So is there a maximum length of save that you can do on Twitch before it becomes kind of, um, before you kind of get that detachment, I'm not sure. It's interesting. It's tough, isn't it? And I, I know this is save updates. So I really don't want to kind of push on too much. But before you go any further, Cody, before you decide to chuck that towel in, that we do need to have a forest off. But um, it's tough. Do you do you kind of flush all of that down down the drain and, and start that lovely brand new save? Or, or I think I think you could do better. I think you could go a bit further with that forest. And you talk about entertainment. You're there, man. That's all the entertainment we need, dude. I was just about to say, it's, it's a tough line to tread when you're trying to think about the entertainment value versus how invested in the save you are. Because at the end of the day, people are there to watch you and they're going to be interested in what you're doing either way. It's not always about whether the players or the lineups or rosters or whatever you want to call them are, are current. It's it's more about the entertainment factor of, of you as a person. Um, so I, you know, I've I've not been follow I've not been able to watch your stream as often as I'd like. Cause I usually stream when I'm in work, but I still enjoy watching your stream. So I enjoy watching you, watching you and how you go about about going through games and going through the season. And it's good to see like the evolution process along along time across time. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the thing to bear in mind is even if you do start a new, even if you do start a new season, then if in after two or three seasons you're going to be you're going to have people coming into the the stream and not knowing what's going on not knowing who you've signed it's going to be the same thing then you're going to think well at that point do i start again like do you start again every three seasons or do you do you get in, involved do you get your teeth stuck in and really go for that for that long-term achievement save my two cents would be if you are going to leave stay within the same save go to a different team that because restarting the game now, uh, or starting a new save now, knowing what's been gone uh, or happened already, 
in real life, but also having to go through the whole first season scenario when all the teams usually buy all the same players might be a bit tedious for you and therefore you will fall out of the love with the save before it even starts. So that's where I would go. Um, Dan, please don't use the R word on this podcast ever again. Thank you, way. nerd. Thank that's you. Your first, that's your first warning. <laughs> Roster. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Get out, boy. <clears throat> he also said Jason Tindall before we started, but I didn't want to mention <laughs> Don't Don't even get started on that. Hey. I've been set up here. I mean, Set up. Apart from the end bit, I can only but echo so you're that. Tr- just trying to just trying to appease the Americans, aren't you, Dan? That's what it is. No, <laughs> everyone, mate. no. It's plenty to go around. We don't we don't mess up your names for your sports, Americans. So don't ruin ours by saying bloody roster. Jesus Christ. Anyway, sorry. Well, um, as you've rustled me now, uh, Mister Dan, uh, how how are things going in your world? Oh no, did Curtie want to chime in and respond to our suggestions prior to going to Dan? Actually. Uh, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> Marvelous. Okay, Dan, enlighten us, please. Uh, um, no more, no more roster chat. Okay, I promise. Scouts on it. Um, so the first season went pretty well. Uh, we're we're in the preseason of of season two. We finished fifth in the league. We were three points off finishing in the top four, and um, we did have some really rough results in the in the run up to the well the run into the season. Uh, we had a nil nil against Ibar where we absolutely dominated. We should have put chances away. I think we had about. Six clear-cut chances, something like that. Uh, tough draw against Las Palmas. Teams we should be beating, and especially at home. And then we had a fourth, a 4-3 loss against Sevilla that was the team right uh, right behind us in the league. And it was a 90th minute pinball own goal from a corner. Did the they uh, come minute. from behind in that game as well? Uh, yeah, I think they came from... Oh, no, we'd fought back to three all away. And we, um, yeah, and they got a last-minute winner because we needed that three points, and we ended up missing off the off fourth place by three points. So um, yeah, that was a bit of a uh, kick in the balls. Uh, also, got knocked out of the <laughs> knocked out of the semi-finals in the Europa League by Milan after we went down to ten men in both legs um, around the half uh, halfway mark. So we managed to scrape a nil-nil draw away, and then got battered three-one at home. So that was a bit gutting. Um, but it's gone well. It's been a decent season. We've certainly got players that... Well, we, we had players that didn't need to be there. We had some some Deadwood, some older players, some players that just didn't fit into my tactical plans. And um, we've moved quite a lot of them out. I want to aim for top four. I want to try and go one step further in both of them. I'd like to get to the Europa final if possible and try and get that top four spot in, in La Liga. We've sold quite a lot of players. Uh, brought in about around 50 million, let San Jose, Oscar DeMarcos, LeCue, Akeche, um, and numerous others for like one or two million pounds. Brought in about 50 million quid. We brought in young right, well, a right back called Ander Kappa, uh, Xavier Imaz, who's a young new gen centre back. Uh, John Batista, who is a striker from Sociedad, so it's a bit controversial, for three million quid. He's got really good attributes. He's 23. A bit of promise in there, but he dreads playing in big matches. So <laughs> it's I really didn't want to sign him, but we it's, the options are so limited, and the youth players we've got coming through just aren't quite ready yet. So they're going to spend a little bit of time in the B team, hopefully getting the B team promoted up through the the levels. Um, so we brought John Bautista in and uh, Jonas Romalo as a, a backup centre back because we let a few old head centre backs go, and obviously Mikel San Jose. 
I didn't want to let go, but he was kicking up a stink. I think uh, Monaco and a few other teams were coming in for him. We ended up getting 20 million for him, which wasn't ideal, but it's about 7 million over his valuation. So, so I'll take that. And uh, one final bit of transfer business, we managed to bring back Ander Herrera for a bargain price of 16.5 million. Um, Won't mention his wages. Yeah. Well, his, his wages aren't the highest in the, in, in the club. In the He's world. on 110 grand. So he took a pay cut from United. Um, but yeah, the sixteen and a half million. I think it's an absolute bargain, and I am playing at right wing back though in a controversial, uh, really throwing a curveball there. But we don't use central midfielders, and he he suits that inverted wing back role. So uh, we brought him in. We've strengthened the squad. I think we've got a much stronger squad. Promoted a few youth players, and I'm still trying to land Lorente. Um, he wanted to join at one point when we couldn't afford him. Now we can afford him. He doesn't want to join us. Such is life. So uh, we're doing the old teach pursuit, watching his games you know, praise him to the media and all that kind of stuff. And there's also Mikel Marino, who wants to join us from Newcastle. Cracking little central midfielder. But he's a little out of our price range, but Newcastle flirted with the relegation last year, and I'm kind of hoping to do the same again. So we might be able to pick him up for a bit of a bargain maybe in 12 months. They normally try to loan him out. I've seen him being loaned out, loaned out a number of times. So yeah, I've, I've, I'm subscribed to him in the game, so uh, <laughs> any information about him uh, comes up in my newsfeed. So hopefully we can pick him up. He's a really, really good little player. Stalking um, him like the the uh, proverbial pest you are. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I've got. Well, I do have dirty plans for him. I plan on making him uh, another inverted wing back. So it's oh, my you um, inverted wing backs. Yeah. Me. Well. It, it's You're a so- proper hipster, aren't you? First well, this- of all, all this MLS talk, and now, <laughs> now inverted wingbacks galore. Right, well, we're going to shut just- you up now. Yeah, be quiet. Yeah. Get back in your box. No, come on. You're in I- Spain. I've got not- more stuff to. Sp- I've got more stuff to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's just they're so pivotal to that to that this formation that we're trying, and our defence was really leaky last year. That was the thing that let us down. It's letting in too- far too many goals, and both of our wingbacks. Are orthodox wingbacks. They can't really play as inverted wing wingbacks. So I'm trying to do it the other way and get the central midfielders and force them to play out wide. And if you want to see uh, an update on Dan's tactics, you can find them at his Twitch channel. <laughs> Marvelous, right? As can as can be this well as can be done for all of the other guys that have mentioned their saves uh, updates this week. It's time then, of course, for our, our team meeting. So rather than having a poll this week, because it was kind of a, a difficult question to try and cultivate a poll out of, and this has been, the, the whole question was born from a suggestion from one of you lot, one of our faithful, avid listeners, uh, Mr. Matthew Hull, uh, MJ Hull 85 Thank you very much for your suggestion. We did want to credit you because we've effectively ripped you off with what you suggested, because it was that good. We felt it deserved a topic all on its own. So thank you very much for the suggestion. So we asked you, as the league season is now over, we would like to know which players you feel deserve an upgrade or a downgrade for FM19 based on this season's performances. So, of course, we'll go through what you lot have said and uh, and then we'll just see where the discussion goes because it, it could go absolutely anywhere, to be honest. Generally, when, when we don't have a poll, mayhem ensues. So, uh, Curti, let's get some mayhem started, shall we? Well, someone did suggest this. I can't, I can't remember who it was, so I apologise. But Man United, I think, in general, they need a downgrade. And I'm not sure if it's Man United in general or whether it's Mourinho specifically, but they dominate on pretty much every one save at one point or another um, and it's tiresome 
because in real life they're boring to watch. Mourinho's a dickhead. Uh, Pogba's useless, and whoever hard coded United to be amazing in football manager needs bloody shooting. <laughs> so not not a fan then, Kurt. Um well, It's just it's just boring, isn't it? It's just boring because you you go onto anyone save. And unless they're sort of playing as one of the big clubs in the Premier League and they're having a bit of joy, it's just United. United are always there, always at the top, and it's just to be fair, it's tiresome. In my save, they haven't been dominant at all. You have to ruin everything, though, don't you? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really sorry, but Liverpool have been the dominant force. It's gone back all the way back to the eighties with with my save. Yeah, Liverpool have won back to back titles. Crazy stuff. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I think, <laughs> to, to be fair, Kurt, in, in my save, they've been dominant for about seven seasons and then I toppled them. Um, I think also uh, other people that need a bit of an upgrade, I, I, I'm going to go with the obvious, and I know everyone's going to say this, but Salah, he's he's been phenomenal. And I don't think it kind of shows on, uh, well, in my save, I've ne- he hasn't stood out massively. He's clearly stood out this year. Um, and I guess Harry Kane deserves a little bit because he's he's England captain now, so he's he's number one. Yeah, going back to United, I think well I have seen them do well. My Wolf save they were normally well. If you I don't know if I mentioned it before, they won the league on my save, and basically with all the money they were spending, they were bringing no money in. They failed the European or UEFA financial fair play and weren't in the Champions League that one year. Um, but yeah, they've been they've been ripping it up. But on the Arsenal save, I've beaten them twice. I've beaten four 0 last night on stream. Um, but yeah, I, I do understand what you mean about Mourinho as well. Uh, Salah, I'm pretty sure he had he did have a a bigish upgrade in the winter, but I assume he's going to get another big upgrade as well. In um, well for FM19, I probably agree with uh, Harry Kane as well. Uh, one person that I've seen as well have a big upgrade, which is. He was probably sort of 50-50 when he signed was Edison, the City goalkeeper. Uh, I was reading just that. One of his stats, which was off the ball, went up 14. Well, attributes, sorry. Went up 14 from 1 to 15 in his uh, in his attributes, which is uh, pretty crazy for one stat to jump up that much. Attribute, sorry. Keep saying stats. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess with Salah, I mean, they've, they've already given him an upgrade in the winter update, I guess. Um They'll, I don't know. I reckon they'll probably won't give him a huge upgrade this this summer, just in case uh, he yeah. turns out to be a bit of a one season wonder. Um, as with Har- well, like with Harry Kane though, I mean Harry Kane surely is at peak Harry Kane now though. Like the, how how much of an upgrade can they give Harry Kane? He's outstanding, yeah. Yeah, I know, but he's outstanding. You know, he's outstanding in game as well. So that's, like, that's what I mean. Yeah, he's- yeah. So like, I mean, how far can you go with something like that? Um, one player maybe to look at would be Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I, I I'm playing on the original database, and he's all right in that. And like, he went to Man United in my save shock, um, <laughs> and he's subsequently moved on. But um, that he might be one player. Like, given how well Liverpool, or given you know the fact that Liverpool's defense has actually looked like a reasonable defense since he signed, um, I get the impression that he's obviously had a a huge part in that. And uh, and he should be suitably rewarded. I mean, not to quickly jump from player straight away, but uh, somebody else mentioned it again. I do apologise. Um, I, I don't remember the name, but Sean Dyche. I think he deserves a little bit of an upgrade. Maybe a Mar- they could swap with Mourinho, couldn't he? I mean, he's uh, he's done very well this year. Uh, I don't think Mourinho? anyone could really really argue with that. And and to be fair, some of those Burnley players have done really well. 
again, I think that'll probably depend. Well, I don't know. They'll probably give him some sort of boost, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Burnley. I mean, this may come back to buy me, but struggle a little bit next year, obviously, with with uh, the Europa League as well. I think they will get an upgrade. I think Nick, someone mentioned Nick Pope as well. Uh, obviously, in the England squad, he was probably had almost championship-like, if that uh, attributes at the start of this game. So I'd assume he'll have a, a pretty chunky upgrade as well. I'd, I'd be surprised if Burnley got a huge upgrade. I mean, uh, are we are we all familiar with the expected goals stat? Mm. Um, Burnley have hugely overachieved compared to their expected goal stats. Um, and just, I, I think, I think you're right, Dave. I think we could see them struggle a little bit, or at least regress somewhat next year, especially with the European, uh, the European games added into their fixture list. But if you look at Leicester from last, uh, when they won the the Premier League, I know they won the Premier League, but they went from relegation fodder to Premier League champions the following season, and they had massive upgrades. Like you compare Mares and Vardy from the season before to that the season after winning the Premier League and they were massive and I don't think Vardy's been downgraded since he's still obscenely good and even at like 32 he's rapid and incredibly good at finishing you know he's very good at what he does uh, and I'd actually say I know it's slightly off topic but his attributes actually are, are really quite fitting for him as a player because quite often I think we sometimes see players that maybe their their attributes don't necessarily fit with their play style, whereas his absolutely do. He is a, the complete defensive forward. If that was a if that was a role, not that I'm trying to give SR ideas because we've already discussed roles needing to be cut down potentially. But uh, yeah, if there was ever a player who befits his uh, attributes, it, he would be it. Not not to flip flop again, but as as Matt was just just raised the point of Leicester, uh, I think some of those players could uh, haven't really performed as much as they should. Um, I mean, Vardy's done really well, but Mares, since his deal uh, like breakdown, he's he's not been that top quality player this year. I, I genuinely can't remember an absolute moment of brilliance from the gentleman. So maybe maybe that's another one. It's an interesting one, Mares, isn't it? Because clearly his attitude just stinks. I mean, he's going to go to Man City. Uh, but well, from what I read today, um, he's going to go to. He's possibly going to get. He's finally going to get his move. Um, but yeah, like. Technically, he's obviously a very good player, and I think, uh, like you say, Matt, when when Leicester won the league, they gave him a a, a bump up to to fall in line with his actual ability. Uh, I'm not sure about his mentals because I've never managed him, but uh, surely, surely, uh, his sort of hidden some of his hidden attributes will. Uh, I think will be downgraded. Raz, Raz has uh, tried to manage Mares, and he's just become a very irritable little person. To deal with, so, I think. Mara's and... Raz. Raz. <laughs> <laughs> Raz could never be little. Let's, 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 he could never be little. I love him really. <laughs> yeah, if we, if we, for, well, if we jump out of the Premier League now, and obviously you look at Championship as well, players like I don't know if any of you have managed him. Mentioned a lot, Ryan Sessegnon. I've actually not seen him do too brilliantly on this save, unless us as users manage him. Um, I think mainly because I think the game still got him set as sort of a, a left back. He's he performed much better as like an attacking winger um, in real life. So I'd assume he'll have a big upgrade. If he doesn't have a massive upgrade, I think his potential ability will have a little bit of a jump as well. Um, but I think uh, James Madison as well for Norwich, I think he'll be another one. Um, if he doesn't move this summer, he'll probably be, be one of the key players to sign as a young player 
uh, from the Championship on next year's game as well. Dave, as you mentioned it, I guess we better mention Wolves as well. Yeah. Uh, Neves. I, I mean, that's the only reason I you jumped... we'd already moved on from the Premiership. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, true, true. As you mentioned the Championship, I think some of those uh, those Wolves boys will, will probably get an upgrade. And I guess uh, Walnut, the record-breaking manager, will get a bit of an upgrade Eel. too. Yeah, I was going me- to mention some of Wolves, but I, they're actually quite strong in the game as it is. I I've not managed them since the up, update anyway, so I'd imagine they've gone up a little bit. But like Neves could probably fit into most of those Premier League squads anyway, so I don't know how much they'll upgrade. They'll probably just mess with the, the CAs and PAs a little bit. But then again, outside of England as well, I mean, I don't watch a lot of European football, not as much as I should anyway, but players like AC Milan, I know they've got some strong players and they're probably not performed as they would have should, uh, well, should have. Um, and Napoli have had a, a pretty decent season. So again, I wouldn't be surprised to see the likes of I mean, they're pretty strong in the game, but you don't see a lot of Insigne or Mertens probably as much as you should. So I'd imagine they'll get a little bit of a boost as well. There's a, there's a couple of players, like, uh, as we're outside of England now, like if we remember from FM17, Paolo Dybala, basically having him was like, it was like cheating. Like it was just... How many times did you sign him? Um, <laughs> twice. I signed him once. <laughs> Once for Arsenal in the beta, I picked him up for forty six million, and everyone thought I cheated. Um, but I picked him up in the beta for forty six million, and then in uh, in my Chelsea save later in the year, I picked him up for about one hundred and forty six million. Um, <laughs> but he was he's incredible and possibly slightly overrated by the game. Like he's a he's a very good player in real life. Obviously, part of a very strong uh, Juve side, but possibly overrated. Um, in the game, consistent in real life, isn't he? I think it's one of the, the criticisms against him. I don't mind. I hope you don't mind me doing a tangent, nerd, because I know we're running short on time. But players that didn't make the World Cup squads, do you think that that will be re- uh, reflected in their their attributes? Do you think there will be is that is that affected or you know, Icardi didn't make it? Players of, of that quality, I just wondered. I don't think it will have any impact at all. It's uh, un- unless you get someone who's sort of plucked from obscurity who has been selected, and then they tend you know end up having a stellar tournament. I think that's the only thing that will potentially impact them. But I think generally, because the researchers uh, for the game are based on a you know they are selected for a team, not an international like nation. They generally, I think it will be their club performances that they're they're predominantly judged upon. Um, I'm I'm going to ask a question which we can we can come back to potentially. I, it was a bit more. It was to I guess to open up the discussion of whether we should actually have the winter update, like including attribute changes, or whether they should be once a year and that's it. I just wanted to sort of get a, a general feel of people's opinions um, to see see how we think about that. It could be an op- an option like a, a hot fix and a attribute update in separate patches, maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't think it, going back to the the other point Duke made, uh, I don't think Icardi will get um, downgraded because he was really good domestically. And when you look at the forwards that Argentina have got to choose from, someone's going to miss out. Um, it just seems like it it would have been him. But yeah, and on the the players to miss out, I mean, I could see Joe Hart having another downgrade. He's I know he's been kind of constantly just getting especially the mental side of his game downgraded. He could have another downgrade because he ended up being second choice end of the season. And as said before, Nick Pope would quite ha- quite easily get significant upgrades because he's been outstanding this year. Been definitely getting the Stephen Reid long shot treatment 
Absolutely. <laughs> but across multiple attributes. <laughs> well, I think we mentioned it last week about Joe Hart as well. Like CA-wise, like current ability-wise, I think he was fourth or fifth best English goalkeeper in the game now mm-hmm. uh, since the winter update this year. And Ben Foster. Yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have dandruff though, does he? That's it. That's <laughs> it. But I, I think... Um, the World Cup, I think the World Cup will only really have, it may have a negative effect slightly on some players, but because the World Cup is at times so sort of random, England could go out in the group stage and I doubt anyone are going to have their, their stats like uh, lowered or whatever. I think the, if anyone does well at the World Cup, that's when they can look at it. For example, you look at Renato Sanchez last Euros, he sort of almost got player of the tournament and had a really tasty upgrade. Obviously, he got his transfer to buy him, but last season at Swansea, whether that's a mix of the team he was in or whatnot, but he had a pretty dreadful season. So um, he's someone that we might see downgraded a, a little bit. But again, as Dan said with the with the update, Matt, I think uh, I think it'd be a nice option to have if you could sort of swap the attributes and so so on. I think sometimes it's nice to have a change because uh, the winter update always brings some different scenarios with players at different clubs and so on. So I think that's that's always an option. But did did any of you guys ever, well, I assume we all have, sort of download external databases sort of at the end of the season and whatnot? Um, because I was talking about it earlier, but there was one that I always used to download. I think the guys stopped doing it. Um, before I was doing content on FM base, I'm pretty sure that's still around. There's a guy called LFC Marshall that used to do transfer updates. And I think people used to pay to get them early as well. And I'm pretty sure he stopped doing them at one point because obviously LFC was a Liverpool fan. He, he always messed with the attributes, but obviously he was the one doing it. So like I, I remember when Danny Welbeck had half a decent season for United, he was like unreal on it. But then it was always sort of a, a familiar thing where Liverpool always seemed to be at the top of everyone's tables after the first season. So I think he stopped doing it after getting a bit of abuse for upgrading Liverpool a bit too much. Well, that's purely the reason why I don't tend to touch external databases yeah. because of the... The uncertainty of whether the attributes have been messed with or not, I'd rather just, you know, if that this is sort of where I guess I was leading to with the, should we be changing them in January or should we give a player an entire season? Because it, I guess it depends on where the assessment points are. You know, you're, you're basically where we've got until, so if someone's had an absolutely stellar season up until January and then imagine Salah goes well and truly off the boil and then doesn't score again. It happens quite often where... I think Harry Kane's done it, where he scored 20 goals by Christmas, and then he goes off the boil a bit, and ends up ends up finishing the season on 27 or something like that. So, I think maybe judging a player on half a season. That this was more where I was sort of leading with is that is it is it too soon to to judge them to give them an upgrade, or should we have a bit more of a balanced view over a, a sort of a slightly more extended period of time? Um, but the yeah the the database or the external database thing. The other thing I would always be wary of is. Database changes tend to make games unstable. Um, with FM as it is, y- you don't want to be getting five seasons in and then the game just falls out of you know, existence with itself uh, and you realise that there's a, a player who shouldn't be playing in a certain league or, or anything like that. It's just uh, always the, the uncertainty of it, long, uh, it lasting long term. Because I wouldn't want to get ten seasons in, and then all of a sudden it crashes because a bit of data inconsistency. When you've tried to sign a player that has been tampered with, we'll call it, and uh, for some reason or not or or whatever, it's uh, crashed the game. But there you go. If no one else has anything else to add, uh, it's almost time for people's favourite part of the podcast. 
There may be no cheerleaders in skimpy skirts or local oddballs trying to hit the crossbar with an oversized inflatable, but we do have... Curtis Quiz! I just wondered, have you, have you polled this? Do you, do you know that it's people's favourite part of the podcast? I know, I thought that! Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a poll. I was gonna. The thing is, like when we, it's a bit of fourth wall breaking, curtain opening stuff here. But I was, uh, I was thinking when we first started the pod, the the whole point of the Curtis quiz was it, it was supposed to be like the halftime show, hence the spiel before we get the quiz started. The the quiz has been shifted around a bit, and it kind of doesn't necessarily fit. I don't know because I I removed the hello hello hello, and then Curtie berated me for it the following week. So I don't. I'm, I guess I'm giving him the option for. I'd be lost without your intro, to be honest. <laughs> but I just, I'm just interested to see, uh, see if That's that was fact that it was fa- people's favourite part of the quiz. Oh, you don't want to run it to a poll though, because what if it's everyone's least favourite part? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least I can then lead with a factually correct statement. Yeah. People's <laughs> least favourite part of the quiz is Curtis Quiz. Yeah. Right, well, well, certainly, Dave's. First off, <laughs> I just want to, uh, I just want to thank Dupe for stepping in to do the quiz last week while I was in dirty leads. Um, this week's quiz is going to be all about surprise packages. Now, not Jeez. the kind of surprise package that you might find on a lass in Bangkok who promises to love you long time, uh, but more <laughs> about people who have performed above and beyond or teams that have performed above and beyond uh, what what was expected of them. So usual rules apply. Um, first to shout in gets the opportunity to answer the question. Uh, if the question is incorrect, that person is subject to... And it's good to have you back, sir. The Viking Dan rule of minus one point. Uh, One point for a correct answer. If I have to reopen the question to the floor, um, I will do that, and then you can buzz in again. Um, I think that's about it. Is everyone ready? Aye, aye, Captain. Fantastic. We will start, as always, question number one. Which striker arrived in the Premier League in 2012? From Rayo Vallecano and proceeded. Dave. Dave. Michu. Michu is correct. Nice to meet you, Lovely. Too. Nice, easy one to get us started. Question number two Tony Yaboa exploded onto the scene in 1995 and won goal of the month and season with an incredible strike against Wimbledon. Prior to this banger, He'd won goal of the month earlier that same season for a similarly stupendous volleyed goal against which team? Dave. Dave. Preston. Minus one. Ah. Nerd. Nerd. Liverpool. Liverpool is correct. Oh, why did I think it was Preston? I don't no, know, Dave. <laughs> you sounded so confident as well. <laughs> I used to love the Yoboa goal. Preston I weren't even that. in the Premier League. And you that's probably seen like nerd. a vision <laughs> He's had a shocker there. Before he's Could have born. been a cup game. <laughs> Question number three. Name the keeper who appeared at Aldershot on loan in 2013 and started the season as number two at his club but made his Premier League debut on the 10th of September 2017 and has recently been called up to Dupe. represent no. Dupe. Nick Pope. Nick Pope. Correct. I was Norris. lost at all Older of that. Shot legend. Older shot legend. Older shot legend. Played twice. Played five times. <laughs> Sorry. Question number four. Fernando Torres broke the hearts of many a Liverpudlian 
when he moved to Chelsea on deadline day in 2011. It's fair to say that despite picking up a few trophies at Chelsea, he didn't have the best time in London. And in 2014, Chelsea loaned him out to which Italian Dupe. club? Dupe. AC Milan. Correcto Mundo. Question number five. Ipswich with a surprise package of the 2000-2001 season, finishing in a European qualification place after being promoted from the championship the season before. Who was their manager throughout this campaign? Nerd. Nerd. George Burley. Bang. Correct. I'm glad you're in it. I had no idea. (laughs) Who? Question number six. In a surprise move, Sven Goran Eriksson called up then 18-year-old Theo Walcott to the World Cup squad in 2006. But what club did Walcott leave? Nerd. Nerd. Southampton. Correct. That could have gone a different way then. Mm. That could have gone. He's trying to reel us in. Question number seven. Luis Suarez became one of the best players in the world during his time at Liverpool, earning him that dream move to Barcelona in 2014. Suarez signed on deadline day, 2011, for the Reds, alongside which... Dave. Dupe. Andy Carroll. Is correct. Oh, GG. GG. (laughs) (laughs) Question number eight. Leicester surprised everyone in 2016 by defying the odds to lift that year's Premier League title. Claudio Ranieri guided the Foxes to that memorable moment. But which manager did the likeable Italian dupe, did you say? I did, but now I don't know why. Um, <laughs> you just whispered got, in there. I didn't. I shouted it quite loud, actually. Mm. Um, I oh, I haven't got a clue. I'm just going to have to go with Pearson. Damn it. I don't think it's right, because I, I don't think it's right. It is right. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Squeaky bum time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, would, that was stalling for time if I yeah, that it, was, that was a time I'm not sure I, mm. I think we need to start imposing a five second rule mm. or something because this yeah. is getting ridiculous <sighs> question number nine Roy Hodgson Roy Hodgson not Hodgson Roy Hodgson's plucky Fulham side surprised many by reaching the Europa League final in 2010 forcing the mighty Atletico Madrid to extra time after a 1-1 draw in 90 minutes. Which former Man United flop scored two goals for Madrid that night to break Fulham? Nerd. Um, Nerd. Forlan. Forlan is correct. Am I under, on a delay here? What? Who <laughs> said that? Who said that? This <laughs> last week as well. <laughs> Question number 10. All important. In the 2002 World Cup, host nation South Korea reached the semi-final stage, knocking out some huge footballing nations along the way. In the round of 16, 
An Hyung Hwan scored an extra time winner against which country? Dave. Dave. Total guess, but is it Brazil? Minus one. There we go. On the minuses <laughs> for this week. Against which country, which resulted in him being sacked by his club? Club. If I tell you the club... You'll all get it. You'll all get it very quickly. Perugia. <laughs> <laughs> You'll all get it very quickly. Oh, oh. Nerd. Nerd. Yeah. Italy. Correct. <laughs> what with Perugia being in Italy? I was, uh, yeah, I was I rerunning the question. Well, I didn't realise we were waiting for anyone to really, answer that then. Has he done that? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was the end of that question because obvi- it was obvious. I thought That's my so screen good. had frozen. Yeah. Um, Right, my brain has. That's that's the quiz. Um, so we'll go through the results in reverse order. Uh, in fourth place this week, with minus one, is Mister Dave as a party. Well done. Dave. Started off with a bang. Preston, in, eh? Preston. Preston. <laughs> in third place with zero points, we can blame a delay, but it's Viking Dan. Well done, sir. Uh, second place, nothing to me. <laughs> second place. I'm quite glad you didn't win after that controversial oh. uh, Pearson answer. Uh, it was four points. Is Mr. Dupe? Well done, Dupe. You cheated. And then top of the table, five points a good one, Mr. Nerd Phonic. Congratulations, sir. Marvelous. Well done, son. Oof, that's tense stuff. I always I mean, like a good quiz. You basically gave him the last answer, so that kind of equals up with the... I gave you all the last answer. Yeah, but I was... Yeah, we all had the same opportunity. Give us a tie-break, son. Nerd's got a holiday home there. That's not fair. Holiday (laughs) home. I mean, if you want want a fact, name name the only player that's played for Blackburn and Perugia. There you go. That's your tiebreaker. Also has an England cap. Solitary England cap. Francis Jeffers. No. (laughs) David Nugent. No. Played for Blackburn. Kurt Dog, <laughs> oh. Preston. Second, second mention of Preston. <laughs> What's Matty Boy at the back? Um, no. Stephen M- Derbyshire. No. <laughs> Jay Jay Bothroyd is the answer. Bothroyd. Ex Wolves. Yeah. Oh, he went off to uh, Greece, didn't he, Derbyshire? He's in he Thailand did. at the moment. And Italy, apparently. <laughs> Who did he win his England cap against? I he was playing for Cardiff, you. wasn't he? He was playing for you got, Cardiff. You got a single single wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they're struggling for target men. And people think that this year's England squad is bad. Jay Bothroyd. Bloody hell. I mean, cool. he is a big fan of the pod, Kurt, just to let you know. Yeah, come on. He's listening all the way in Asia. Yeah. He's not going to be happy with you then. You shit, Bothroyd. <laughs> wow. I mean... <laughs> I mean, that's unnecessary behaviour. Can we sound clip? I think we should sound clip that. That should be your alert. Oh, oh God, dearie me! Yeah, right. <laughs> Bloody hell! Right, I'll, I'm going to rein this in before Curtie goes on a rant. Jesus, we don't have time for that. So we, we do have a bit of time for some questions. So uh, at FM Heathen or, or Daz, uh, an early question, as I'll forget later. Uh, well admitted there, Daz. Uh, what's the best summer released player you've picked up on a free? reason I ask is I missed out on Barkley through a 10k contract niggle. Then he went to Liverpool and came up at 38 million. I presume that's how much he was worth post-free transfer. Uh, any any special mentions we've got, folks? Mr. Dan. Um, 
I've, I've had a few, actually. I, I make it a bit of a habit to just to check which player is going to be available around January anyway and always try and snaffle them up. Um, over the years, I've like I've picked up Rooney and Perlo and quite a few others. Two of the best ones, though, I remember back in, it must have been FM 13 or 14, I picked up Lionel Messi on a free transfer because he'd spent, I think, 18 months out with a cruciate injury and they just let his contract run down. I picked him up and he was absolutely amazing. He couldn't run anymore, but he was outstanding. Um, and then a little bit more recently, last year at AC Milan, we picked up Memphis Depay at the end of his United contract. Uh, he played about 15 games, I think, and then we sold him at the end of the, that first season. We had him for £38 million. Pounds. So, yeah, it was worthwhile. Um, I think, I mean, I can't remember too much, like, the best ones. I mean, name-wise, I got Mertens this year on a free. But again, he, he couldn't really run similar to Messi. That's one of the things I was going to mention earlier. It's a little bit annoying when you get players like that that are pretty good but just can't seem to run after their 34 years of age. Um, one of the worst, though, if we mentioned him worst as well, I had uh, Mario Balotelli. I signed him for Spurs on a free. It was FM12. It's one of my favourite saves, actually. And I think it's the only ever time that I've actually mutually uh, terminated a contract of a first-team player because he was doing my head in and I just paid him off. In the end, I think he was on 80 grand a week with us, something along those lines. He joined PSV, he was on 10 grand a week after he left us. He set fire to his bathroom. That's it. <laughs> uh, one of the best players I've ever picked up on a free is Jay Bothroyd. <laughs> 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 one of my favourite players of all time. Does he go up there with uh, the Nottingham Forest central midfielder? That you're so fond of as well. Oh yeah, Bothroyd and Bridcut, B and B, beautiful. <laughs> I think um, one of mine. I can't remember the detail. Excuse me, but I, I, all I know is I got Isco for uh, one of my. I think it was 16, and I think it may have been my Bournemouth, but I'm not entirely sure. But he was just incredible. We picked him up, and he just everything that he touched turned to gold. And a free transfer. Delighted. It's always worth keeping an eye on those big, big teams, uh, like in the contract. Contracts always run out, and you can always pick up top-class players for nothing. I, I did a similar note on the, the same save I picked up, uh, Depay. I picked up Arjen Robin at 34. And he couldn't, again, he couldn't run, so he didn't play on the wing. But I played him as an advanced playmaker, and he was outstanding. Really, really good. See, I've, I've mentioned this transfer myself uh, a couple of times before, but my, my best ever sort of free transfer that I've, I picked up was, was Mortgamps Pedersen on FM05. Having sold him for fifty million to Chelsea and then loaning back for three seasons, and then when his contract ran out, signing for free, worth an absolute shed load because he was just about <laughs> to hit his prime. It was the that is the best piece of transfer business I've ever done. It just happened to be that uh, his contract ran out. Although I think on FM twelve, I did have a few. I built a team of free transfers, and they were all sort of the. I think as you've mentioned, sort of the sort of close to retirees, Dan. There, there are always the younger players that have not really been given a chance in the first team at particular clubs. Uh, I think Carl Norton was one and Carl Walker was the other, particularly uh, on a sort of, I think it would, it would maybe an FM11, FM12, something like, like that, where they, they aren't the players they are now, but they were both released. And I think the uh, the Brazilian twins at United as well, um, they they would always get released. So I'd pick those up for nothing as well. And they would, like by the age of 24, they're still class, they just never had a game. Yeah, uh, how can I forget the uh, the Champions League winner for uh, for Red Star, Casper Dolberg, got signed for twenty five million by PSG. Spent four years in their their B team, their reserve team. Picked him up on a free, 
One of the Champions League. Can't ask for more than that. No, that's that's good service for a free transfer. Yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> you can stay around. <laughs> now, uh, we have one final question this week, and it's from, from fan of the show, uh, Mr. Cleon, at Cleon81. If you're not following him, you bloody well should be. If you ever have a have a FM-related question, you should be knocking on this man's door. Uh, another good pod, champs. About. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he, he's been complimentary, so we'll, we'll add that in as well. Another good pod, chaps. I have a question for a future one. If if you could only play one version of Championship Manager or Football Manager for the rest of time and no other version, which would it be and why? Uh, FM for the Switch, as I've just bought it, and I'm going to be playing the ass out of it recently. Oh, well, not recently. Like, in the near future. And I'm sure it's going to be great. It's a great idea. I think... Um and it's going to be a popular answer, but CMO one hundred and two. I like, I, I, you know, I go back to it uh, periodically. Matt, I know you've streamed uh, plus one to that. Yeah, one, yeah, I know you streamed it before, and it's just so much fun. And there's so much nostalgia attached to it that I'm sure if we if we did a poll on this one, CMO one hundred and two uh, would be would be the one. It'd be interesting to see what what Cleon says actually. Um, I think actually, just it's strange you mentioned that because he he did tweet out his answer to the same question earlier, and and as expected, it was CMO one hundred and two. So, I think he's a similar sort of age gap to to us older ones, even though I don't like admitting that. Uh, <laughs> but but it's it's the one that we sort of grew up with, and I very much became addicted to and ruined multiple um, educational exams over. So. I, I would always go back. In fact, you know what? I might even start a new save tonight. Russian and Diamonds, anyone? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's my um, unpopular answer, but mine is not CM0102 because I was only four years old when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my, I mean, it's probably going to be the ones I've had the most fun on. It's probably FM09 or FM12. Probably FM12 if I had to pick one, to be honest. I don't know what it was with that game. It's not like it had any new major features. I just think I just enjoyed it. I'd have to go back to it and have a look. I mean, talking about unpopular decisions and uh, unpopular answers, and I was joking about the Switch. I haven't played it yet, so I don't know if it's going to be the best, do I? Um, but I would say, again, Dave, I can only echo what you said. I would, I would have to say the game that is invoked the best save, which has to be this year at my, F- my FDR save. And I, I say that through gritted teeth. But I'd say it's my most if my most favourite save is on that game. It's got to be that. I was going to say CMO 102 and uh, I thought I was going to do something different and say FM12. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a a bit of a meme in my channel that quite a few people just love FM12 and I think a lot of people came to the game that way. It was if I remember rightly it was the the very last one where you had the tactic sliders and you can uh, you controllable uh, your controllable training and stuff like that before they started redoing the the, the tactics engine and stuff like that. And I think because it was the most complete version of that engine, I really enjoyed getting in depth in that one. And I remember creating a lot of tactics and having a lot of fun with that. Um, it was a really fun game, FM12. And I, th- I think that'd be the one. And I'll, again, a 102 for the nostalgia. And um, yeah, probably that. I mean, you've mentioned FM12 now and you've reminded me of a player that I... I, I used to sign quite frequently, actually, and it, this is sort of, a, I suppose, an extension to the answer for the 
for the first question we asked. But Jamil Adam, I don't know if anyone else remembers him. He used to be uh, used to be at Barnsley as a youth player, and they used to normally release him as well. Sign him on a free. He would bag goals all the way up to the championship and beyond. Actually, his attributes weren't amazing. Yeah, I think he had 14 finishing and a lot of pace. If for sort of for the relative level, but he would bag goals, thirty goals guaranteed every single season. Um, so he, I think he even did fairly well in the Premier League. So, so yeah, if you are still playing FM12, have a have a look at him. I don't think he exists in the database anymore. But anyway, uh, time for some plugs, please, gentlemen. Actually, no. Before we do the plugs, I'm going to thank everyone for their questions and for their contribution to the uh, to the question we asked you as well. It all, it always helps us um, f- sort of structure a, a podcast around your involvement. So please do continue to get involved in the polls and any any question requests we happen to put in. Of course, you can tweet us at Five Star Pod or uh, you can go to the Five Star Potential section on the WeStream FM Discord and ask any questions in there. Now it's time for our plugs. So, Viking Dan, can you uh, tell us where people can find you? Yeah, on uh, Twitch and YouTube, it's Viking Dan. Viking Dan TV on Twitter. I'm still in a dispute. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Dupe, where can people find you? Everywhere you go, FM Dupe. David. Uh, Dave is a party on YouTube and Twitter, and Dave is a party FM on Twitch. Fantastic. Mr. Kurt Dizzle. Uh, Kurt FM on all good social media networks. Good. LinkedIn. Brilliant. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you can find me at Nerdphonic absolutely everywhere. All the links for each of us are in the description of this very podcast, as is the link to join the WeStream FM Discord if you haven't already done so. Uh, if you have enjoyed the pod, then please leave a review on iTunes as it really helps us out. And if you listen on SoundCloud, then drop us a follow and you'll be notified of when we next upload a pod, which is 8am on Monday mornings. The Five Star Potential podcast is also available on most other popular podcast apps. This has been Five Star Potential, a We Stream FM production, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, Bye, folks. folks.